recorded live. Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2013, and this is the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. We're back from a little break from the holidays, and we are ready for a whole new year. Uh, my name is Hudson, and today we have Steve here with us. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? So today is Tuesday, January 15th. And we are back from the holidays to do another live show. So for those that don't know, this show is recorded live through TalkShoe. Um, and so the benefit of that is you guys can listen in live and call into the show or post in the chat room, and we can mention your comments and, and your thoughts on the subject we discuss in the podcast as well. So it's very interactive. It gets you guys involved, and it makes it more interesting. So full details on that are on NintendoFuse.com. Whenever we do the recordings, we have a post up on the website that shows you how to join in. So roughly every other Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time is when we do the recordings, unless, you know, stuff with the holidays or other stuff comes up. Um, but check that out, NintendoFuse.com, for all the latest. So this is it. It's a new year, and the holidays have just passed by, so we've all had some time to kind of, you know, enjoy and play some games. So let's get into the games that we have been playing. Um, so first up, uh, I wanted to discuss a game I know I've been playing and I think Steve has been playing as well, and that is Assassin's Creed 3. Um, so we've discussed this before, but um, what I wanted to kind of mention was I actually beat the game recently. Um, and uh, it's been a while since I've actually beat a game. I tend to get games that I just sort of can play over and over, like not many games with story modes necessarily. Um, I just kind of, I don't know. I, I've never really been one to sort of care to necessarily beat games, but, you know, I tried to go for it for this time because uh, I'm a big fan of the Assassin's Creed series, and I really like the game. Um, no spoilers, don't worry. I'm not going to ruin anything. Um, but uh, I actually, I really liked it. It's probably my favorite Assassin's Creed game. Um, there are things that I would have maybe changed, and there's certain things that I think, like, Assassin's Creed 2 might have done a bit better. Um, in terms of, like, upgrading your town and that kind of thing in Assassin's Creed 2, I thought was a bit more straightforward and, and more uh, interesting. Um, but, I mean, the gameplay, the story, uh, the, the characters uh, in the game, just everything I, I enjoyed more in Assassin's Creed 3. Um, and I think uh, one of the best parts about it, I, I really like, I mean, I played Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 um, on... Uh, I think I played one on the 360 and then two on the PS3, something like that. Um, and uh, so I really liked the features that the Wii U version kind of offered with having stuff on the gamepad so I could kind of easily, for example, when I'm running around, I could easily press a button and call my horse to come get me so I don't have to go through the menus and go searching for stuff. Um, it was nice kind of having that radar on the bottom screen as well, which is kind of helpful. Um, off-TV play was just awesome with this game. About half of my time playing the game. It took me about 23 hours to beat the game, that's including spending time doing side missions and stuff. So about half that time was using off-TV play. Um, so I definitely uh, really enjoyed that. Um, what about you, Steve? What are you thinking about uh, Assassin's Creed 3? So this is my first uh, Assassin's Creed game, actually. And so, um, like, I came into it you know, completely, completely brand new. I'd only heard, you know, stories about the other games and everything, but I haven't actually played them at all. So, um, 
so it's taken me a, a little bit to kind of get used to things um, as well. Like um, I'm probably only about maybe you know kind of the opposite end of you. I've only been playing maybe about I think four hours into the game, um, so you know I'm still kind of near the beginning, um, which kind of feels a little bit awkward to me that I'm I've spent this much time into the game but I still feel like I'm near the beginning of it. Like, I still feel like I'm still learning the ropes and, like, not necessarily a tutorial, but it kind of still feels like I'm. there's still things to learn. I don't know if it keeps up all, keeps that up all the way through. I don't know if you're constantly learning things or if it's going to soon kind of end and then I'm left on my own. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can speak to that. <laughs> it It definitely has a very slow start. I'll say it's not until, like, maybe the third sequence that until you start to actually get a sense of the game. Okay. Um, it, it definitely has a really slow start. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, okay. Now I'm glad I, because becoming, because I'm coming in from this brand new, I wasn't sure if that was normal or if it was just something I was experiencing. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, other than that, it's fun. It's, uh, I, <laughs> I'm having a trouble, like a little bit still like following the storyline, I think. Um, because I, I I know the basics of what's going on, but it's kind of it's not as as fluid as I thought it it'd be. Like kind of doesn't really connect all the things together, and I'm and I'm thinking maybe you know I'll learn things along the way and it will start to make sense. But right now it's still kind of like okay I know I'm what I'm doing and kind of why I'm doing it, but I don't really completely understand why and. And I'm wondering if, you know, if that's a, if they kind of get like that, um, because it seems like the character is supposed to kind of be like that. So I'm kind of supposed to be living through him. Um, so if that's the case, then, okay, they're doing a good job. But if I'm supposed to know more, then I don't right now. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm still a little bit clueless at what's going on. I'm just supposed to be kind of running around, rescuing people and sometimes killing people, assassinating people, but sometimes not. And I think that's like some sometimes tough for me is like I don't know when to not go in and make the assassination and when I should, and and sometimes I've I've made one and it's like oh you shouldn't have done that and I'm like shoot like now I can't go back because they're already dead, um, and I'm hoping I didn't like mess up the whole plot line or anything like that. So it's uh it's still a little bit to get used to I think for me, but overall it's really fun. It's been fairly easy to get used to. Um, I think the the main way I'm I'm enjoying playing actually is with my uh, pro controller, but putting the um, the the gamepad under the TV, like on its stand, and kind of having that as the map, so I can actually look at it. Because I was trying to do the whole dual screen thing and still use the map, and it was just kind of jarring to look back and forth between you know the gamepad and the TV a lot. But when I put it up there, like right under the TV, and just use the the uh, pro controller, everything started feeling really really smooth. Um, in terms of controls, so. right? I will say um, I I really like the whole the pro controller thing too because I I have my Wii U hooked up to my TV in my room and then like I think a couple of weeks ago or so I went downstairs into the kitchen and I'm sitting there eating mozzarella sticks. I have the Assassin's Creed Three on the gamepad using off TV play and I'm playing with the pro controller. So it's basically like my little mini TV sitting there on the kitchen <laughs> counter and I'm eating mozzarella sticks and playing the game like this is just awesome. This is a life, but uh. <laughs> That's definitely pretty sweet. And in terms of the story, even I didn't understand some of it, I think. 
Because um, the the overall Desmond story, I guess the the character that's throughout the whole series, right. um, playing through Assassin's Creed one and two, there's a little bit of stuff with him, sort of more of an intro, but not too much. I think most of his stuff comes from Brotherhood and Revelations, which I didn't play. Um, but I think by the end of it, you'll at least have somewhat of an idea as to what's okay. going on. Um, not completely, but at least somewhat, I think. Okay. Yeah, my wife was kind of watching me as I play, and she doesn't watch me too often when I'm playing, uh, like, single-player games, but she decided to watch it this time, and she's like, so what are you doing? And I'm like, well, um, I think I'm supposed to kill them, but I think that person is I'm supposed to just spy on them, and somehow i got to get this person to follow me, but he keeps keeps deciding to do his own thing and not follow me. <laughs> so, but that's, I mean, that that's just a little frustration with it. I mean, overall, I'm really enjoying it and it, and it looks beautiful. Like just the, the graphics are really impressive to me. And I, I knew that back when I saw it at A3 uh, last year, but uh, I was kind of even more impressed when I finally got it in my own home and, and uh, got to play through the game. So yeah, it looks, looks fantastic and everything. Right. Okay. Um, so now let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about something uh, not as realistic looking, I guess, but more uh, on the fun side of things. We got a, well, Assassin's Creed 3 is also fun, but I mean, more on the, I don't know, whatever. Uh, New Super Mario Bros. New. So <laughs> switching gears a little bit there. That was a terrible transition, but uh, so Greg's kind of been playing that recently. Um, so uh, how's that going, Greg? Going pretty well. I just wrapped up story mode a few nights ago. Got the last, uh, got the maxed out the five stars on the file and everything, and beat Bowser and everything like that. So I thought the game was a lot better than New Super Mario Brothers 2, and that's, I guess that's not a huge comparison because I didn't think that one was anything super special or anything. But the one for Wii U is definitely very enjoyable. I I liked how the game didn't start off with super easy. It actually kind of some of the first few levels were had a little difficulty to them, but not, not a lot. But you could really feel it go up as you ran through the world. And some of those courses are just like super cheap and everything like that. I mean, I don't know if I should spoil anything at the end of the game, but there, I mean, some of those last few levels are definitely worth a run through because those are very difficult and you want to collect all three star coins and then they make those coins like really hard to get. So you really have to see if you can make it out alive and have all three coins in the first run. At least that's how I was playing it. So, um, right. I, I did do a number of the challenges. I, I've been unlocking more of them, but I'm thinking I'm probably going to be taking a break at this point. I'll probably be jumping on board Assassin's Creed 3 sometime soon. I just felt the need, I guess, to kind of finish up that one because it's really quick, and it's one of my first uh, downloadable retail titles, and I guess I just felt more compelled to finish that one really quick since I had gotten it started a lot faster, and it was a lot easier to save, at least from what I've seen, and I don't know. I'll probably get into Assassin's Creed very soon as well, so I'll probably be discussing that game in a future podcast. Have you you played through the game multiplayer, or were you just doing single-player? I did the majority of the game single player. I did play the game a little bit at my buddy's house, and it played just like New Super, or not, yeah, New Super Mario Brothers. We did, and it was basically just 
kind of like kind of craziness on the screen, but I didn't really even get a chance to try to boost load because we were just kind of both doing co-op, kind of collecting coins on his game file. But I haven't really even got a chance to try a boost load. I've been really wanting to do that, but it doesn't seem like I usually get a lot of opportunities for that. Right. Would you say it's probably your favorite new Super Mario Bros. game, or do you like any of the other ones better? I'm still a really big fan of the first one. It seems like it really hit home a lot more than it was the most original one because it was the first new Super Mario Brothers for DS, but I would definitely say it's my second favorite one. I thought it was better than the Wii one. It seems like I, a lot more courses were had added some more difficulty to them, and it just seems like there was a lot more content and there's a lot more stuff to do than the Wii one. I think I still like the original best because it was just really cool being like the get like the Mega Mushroom and the Mini Mushroom in the first game, and that was just so mind blowing at the time for me, at least. <laughs> I got I jumped on that game late, and uh, and the only thing that I and I have the same I think uh, qualm about it that I think most people do is it was just incredibly easy, like, but. In terms of, it, of the quality of the game, it was great, but the DS one, like the original one, was just incredibly easy compared to the, how the they've made the recent one. Yeah, that, I would say it's probably the hardest one of the four, the, the new versions of it that they're calling new. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, <laughs> the new, new. <laughs> and I don't yeah. think they'll, be, they'll probably be making another one of those for a while, I don't think. Yeah, I wonder how much longer they're going to go on with the the new Super Mario Bros. line. That'll be interesting to see. Um, So that's uh, new Super Mario Bros. U. Um, So let's uh, take a look at one of the downloadable titles next. So, Steve, you've been playing uh, Chasing Aurora, right? Yeah. So I've talked about this on previous podcasts, um, and I just wanted to kind of briefly go back at it again um, just because... I've got to play more of the multiplayer mode, uh, which I think is where the game very much shines. I mean, it's uh, it's an okay single-player adventure. Um, not even an adventure. It's kind of like a race sort of thing. Um, but the thing is, um, so kind of jump back, if people haven't heard of Chasing Aurora, um, it's, it's basically a game where you're, you play as a bird, and you play basically in a, in a 2D uh side scrolling but it's uh it's not uh just you know left or right sort of thing it's a, not a full plane and um and so you're able to kind of fly around these different obstacles and trees and mountains and different stuff like that and the wind kind of blows and so you have to catch the wind the right way to kind of make it the best the fastest way around and in the single player it's basically you're just racing through against time um the faster you get through without without mistakes the more time you get and means the more points you're able to rack up and um, kind of just, you know, a normal racer sort of thing. You basically kind of get time extensions the better you do. And um, you just try to get the best best points you can, the, the best time you can. And um, and it's okay. It's, it's It gets kind of boring after a while. Um, really challenging, but it gets kind of boring. So the, the multiplayer has, I think, like four or five different modes. Um, and essentially you can use up to five players in it. And um, so one of them is like a freeze tag mode where um, the player with the game pad 
is is able to see everything, but the other players are not. And so you're trying to, to run away, and it's basically, you know, like your childhood, um, you know, playground game of freeze tag. And you're trying to, uh, you know, not get not get frozen. And if, as soon as everybody gets frozen, um, that person wins, depending on, you know, how many times they got, you know, they tagged other people and, and all that stuff. And you can untag, you know, you can unfreeze the birds and stuff like that too. Um, another version is a hide and seek, so similar to kind of similar to the, the Mario Chase in Nintendo Land, where the guy with the gamepad goes and hides and tries to stay away and not get tagged by the other players. Um, and then there's a chase mode, I think is what it's called, and basically whoever has this like gem, and um, you basically just kind of running into each other the whole time, trying to steal it from each other, and the per- the goal is to like run away and drive the other birds off the screen while you have it. And so it's it's very much a chaos version uh, or mode of the game. I think there might be one other one too, but um, there might, that might be all three. I don't know. But anyhow, um, the multiplayer is really where it shined. And and it takes, it's just, it all depends on like who you're playing with as well. Because I played with two different groups over the holidays. And one group was like, yeah, this is okay. This is kind of fun. It's kind of a little crazy. They found... Usually the chase mode was the one they really liked. And then I played with a different group, um, and it was like they loved every minute of it. It was awesome. Like every time, you know, we go to do something, go get something to eat, we come back, and they're like, okay, let's play Chasing Aurora again. Let's play Chasing Aurora. It was like they couldn't get enough of it. Um, so it, it all depends on what group you're playing with. But the multiplayer is definitely where that game shines a lot. Um, it seems like such a simple and stupid concept, but, um, but it's actually really fun uh, with the right group. Nice. Yeah, it definitely looked pretty interesting. Um, and I know it was on sale, I guess, early, like I think end of December, early January. Um, so if anybody picks it up during that time, then awesome. If not, um, it's probably still worth it, I'm guessing. Yeah. Kind so, of I mean, that's, I think it is a little expensive in, in terms of, I think it's normally 10 bucks or something like that. I think it, it really should have been, you know, if you would have got it on sale, great. Um, but the normal price is a little high in terms of my opinion of the game, and that's um, I'm going to be bringing up the the official you know review for Nintendo Fuse pretty soon, um, and that's one of the things I'm going to kind of knock it down on is is the price. I think it should have been priced just a little lower, um, but you know if it goes on sale again, definitely pick it up. Cool. All right, so now let's talk about some Wii U demos. So finally, we're getting a couple of demos of various games on the Wii U eShop. Uh, and the first demo was uh, FIFA 13. Um, so we have that demo on the eShop, and I know I've been playing it, Steve's been playing it. Um, so personally, I to give a little bit of background, I haven't really played a soccer game in a very long time, really. Um, I had like the 2002 FIFA World Cup game on the GameCube or something, um, that was like the last soccer game that I owned. And then after that, I really didn't play much. Um, so I kind of was, even though this was a demo, I was kind of overwhelmed at all the different options and stuff there. <laughs> um, so I just kind of went for the very basics, just skip, 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 you know, get past all the different screens and just get to the game itself. Um, and even once I got to the game, you had all these fancy things you could do on the game pad with the control. I, it just was really overwhelming to me. So I just kind of played with the buttons and the control sticks, just the, the old school way. Um, and, you know, I had fun. I enjoyed it. Um, 
I guess I can't really say if if it'd be worth it to buy because I, um, I guess I didn't really try out any of the, uh, you know, the Wii U specific stuff necessarily. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought it was interesting for, you know, a soccer game and stuff. And I mean, granted, it's been forever since I played these games. I can I can't even remember if they had this in the old school soccer games. But I liked the live commentary stuff and everything. Like it made it feel like you were kind of playing a game and everything. Like the the commentary, you know, how it reflected the stuff that was going off the game. I think I remember, like, the old 2002 game that I had, the soccer game. Um, it had commentary and stuff, but it was, like, the same few phrases over and over, <laughs> and it got really repetitive. But this felt more kind of natural, and I don't know. It was enjoyable, but I don't know if I necessarily have the time or energy to kind of invest in all the different options and stuff available to, to get the game. Yeah. But, <laughs> what do you think, Steve? So I, I'm coming in a little different um, where I have played quite a bit of the FIFA games. Um, I played a lot of the, the original ones as well. I think I had, um, like, I, I think the first one I ever had was FIFA 96, I think, for the Super Nintendo. And I've had, I think, I didn't get any for 64, um, but I had one for the original PlayStation. I think um, I had... Oh, I don't know, a couple other ones I reviewed. I think it was, uh, pretty sure it was FIFA 06 or 08. I can't remember um, which one it was for Wii. Um, And then I had FIFA 07, I think it was, for 3DS or for DS. And so I've kind of kept up at least somewhat regularly with these games. And um, and so most recently, kind of continuing the backup or the the backstory, I, I played FIFA 12 on iPad and then um when FIFA 13 came out earlier, you know, last year, um I did go ahead and get FIFA 13 for iPad um as well. And so I played a lot of it there before I tried this demo. So knowing all that, um I did not feel compelled to like, okay, I have to have this on Wii U as well. Um it was pretty much a similar experience in terms of basic game. The stuff with the gamepad is actually really confusing to me. Like, it is really tough, like, even as a veteran FIFA player, to be able to, like, look at the screen and look at the TV and touch the screen where you want the ball to go, where you want certain runs to go, or especially the part where, like, you if you put the, the gamepad up on, like, vertically, I guess, and hold it up, um, then you can touch where you want your shot to go. But it's so jarring, like, to to pull it up all of a sudden and then, like, to change your view down to the other screen. And, like, by by the time you do that and push where you want or and touch where you want, you probably got the ball stolen from you and they're halfway down the field. And it's just, like, it doesn't feel very fluid. It sounds – it's a lot of cool ideas, but it doesn't feel very fluid. What I do like, though, is um, the concept where they've tossed around is if – you play it with another, with a friend or something like that, and someone can take the gamepad and use like manager mode, and they're the ones telling, you know, making the runs and and stuff like that with the other players, where you're focusing on the game itself, like what your player is doing, and the ball itself. But then like another person, you know, is you know making, you know, drawing the lines and and stuff like that to make your the rest of your players and your team do stuff um, off the ball, and that's kind of cool. Um, one of the things that I did hear about that it's not the same FIFA 13 that's on other consoles as well. Like they basically took FIFA 12 and just gave it HD graphics and a few extra um, gamepad 
controls, and that was it. Like, it doesn't have all the the new stuff that FIFA 13 does on other consoles, which I was kind of disappointed about. So that, that's probably like a time frame thing um, because the launch of the Wii U and everything, but it was kind of disappointing to hear that. Right. Yeah, I heard that as well. Um, that does suck. Um, but, yeah, I think I did notice also, I think that was part of the reason why I was kind of overwhelmed with controls. I was playing around with it. I was like, these Wii U controls are interesting, but I just don't – it just – it didn't work. I could only focus on the TV screen so much yeah. to try and even do anything. Um, yeah, I had a lot more fun with, with the demo when I just started just not even worrying about the gamepad at all and just playing it on the screen. And at that moment, I, I had fun, but I realized this is basically the same game that I'm already playing on my iPad, and I already own it. <laughs> so I'm probably not going to shell out 50, 60 bucks for another version of the same game. Right. So that's the FIFA 13 demo. If you want to check it out for yourself and see what you think, it's on the eShop right now. So download that demo. Um, and there's a couple of other demos as well, uh, one of which is Zombie U. Um, so I played that the other day. And uh, this is a game that I've been looking forward to for a while. Um, I didn't, I haven't bought it yet. I was, you know, kind of planning on getting it eventually. Um, and I don't know if I will now, but... Um, I, this demo was interesting. I, it sort of was kind of what I thought it would be. Um, cause I, I played it before zombie U at the, uh, Wii U experience events in DC when they kind of were going to different cities and stuff. Um, and so it was an interesting game, interesting concept. And I really like how they use the game pad along with it. I guess I just kind of didn't anticipate how much, I can easily get scared by these types of games because I really haven't played them much. So I was, like, freaking out over every little thing. Like, I kept, like, hmm. turning around, like, looking at, at, you know, in every corner. Like, is there something there? It's scanning. Like, I get scan happy. Like, I had to scan everything to make sure the area was clear. So that kind of just, like, almost ruined the enjoyment a little bit for me because I just kind of <laughs> was so OCD about it, I guess. Um, I get like that, too. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess your ammo and everything's so limited, so I'm trying to scan everything and get everything possible. But, uh, I mean, when the zombies are coming at you and you're hitting them with the the, um, the cricket bat and everything, and, like, it, it can, it's been pretty intense. Like, it's it's a really cool game. Um, Did you play with all but, the lights uh, off in your room? <laughs> I didn't, but I, I, I probably shouldn't because I, even with the lights on, I was still freaking out. Um, <laughs> I guess I was just so into the game, too, because I'm sitting, like, right in front of my TV, and practically the game is so dark anyways. Like there's barely any lights in the game that it kind of freaks you out too. Um, there's one part though. I don't know if I just messed up, but like there's a dark room, like this dark area, and I was so confused. Like I couldn't get out of this place, and I kept going all around. And it's so dark. Like there's literally no lights in this area. I really couldn't see anything. And so I was kind of there for a couple minutes. Like I managed to find my way out, sort of. I, I found. I ran into these and. I mean, I'm not, I guess this is not really a spoiler because it's just a demo, but um, there are these, like, I don't know what it was. They're, like, these ghost zombies or something. Like, I don't even know if that's what it was or not, but it's, like, a pitch black area, and there are these zombies coming at me that kind of look like ghosts or something. And so it kind of freaked me out because I was like, what is this? And then I'm trying to hit this thing, and I can't see anything, and it just, it kind of frustrated me and then, like, creeped me out, and then, like, I don't know. I was just overwhelmed, I guess. Um but it was just, it was interesting. Um, I did like how you use the gamepad to kind of scan, how you can, you know, pull up stuff and put it in your backpack when you're looting 
the zombies and stuff. Um, so I really like how they integrated the gamepad with the game. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to end up buying it or not, um, but it definitely got me intrigued. It's definitely, if you're into that genre of game, then this is definitely something to, to look into, I'd say. Um, so, yeah. So there's a demo on the eShop if anybody wants to try it out. So. One of the one of the biggest I think praises that I've heard of that game is that it, basically that it was made like it should go hand in hand with the Wii U. It's like that that type of game, the way it is, cannot be played on any other type of console at all. It's it's kind of it's just like one of those staples in terms of a launch game for the Wii U and in terms of that sort of thing. Would you say that? I would definitely agree, yeah. Um, it just felt like it was just used really well, the gamepad. Um, I didn't get to this part, like, in the demo, like, because I guess when you're looting the zombies, you can kind of, when you're picking stuff on the gamepad to put in your backpack, you have to keep an eye out for zombies that approach you. So that didn't happen in the demo, but as I was playing in the, uh, the Wii U experience in D.C., that, you know, I had some of those instances happen, so I had to kind of be really crafty with that and, and pay attention to my surroundings. And I think... Um, the gamepad definitely made the game. Um, definitely, it wouldn't be the same without it. Yeah. So that is the Zombie U demo. Check it out and see it for yourself on the Wii U eShops for anyone that has a Wii U. Check that out. Um, so now we're going to shift gears a little bit to the Wii, and I know Greg has been playing playing the last story. So how's that going? It is going pretty well. Um, I actually got this at my local library. For those of you who don't know, I think some libraries do offer games that you can rent for two weeks free of charge. All you need is your local library card. But that was a nice little uh, thing about that. But the game is actually really, really as good as they're saying. I mean, it's an RPG game. It's like a, you go around and you like level up characters and you fight bad guys. And this is all in real-time combat. There's not the turn-based stuff in this particular game, but I'm just having trouble trying to, like, battle that out with my Wii U time, because I really want to play it, because I only have it for two weeks, but it's been a really fun experience so far. I've gotten, like, a couple chapters in, and I really want to be able to finish the game, and I don't know if that's going to end up me buying the game and still playing it, or if that's just going to be me, like, uh, just continually to borrow it from the library until I beat it kind of thing, so I don't know. At this point in the venture, but I'm definitely have a blast with it. I mean, you find like weapons. You, I mean, the bosses are. You have to use like all. You have to command like four or five different characters all to attack, and like you get like bonuses when they like pack together, and you have to like strategize and find the weak point on the monster and kind of surround them. And they're not like push over bosses. It was one boss, like the second boss of the game. I fight them like six times is that's where I learned finally how to scan for weak points. <laughs> like I had to read the controller manual thing to figure out what exactly that was because the game didn't mm-hmm. say like, oh, press like A to do this. I mean, they didn't tell me to do that. So it was, I like finding that stuff out on my own. So it's definitely a challenging game. It's a really good RPG. So anyone that likes RPGs would definitely appreciate this kind of game. And obviously, it was nice that it came west. I know it was a Japanese exclusive for a while, and then it came to Europe a little bit later, and then it just came to the U.S. earlier in 2012, like a, in August, I think it was. But it's been on my list for a while to at least try out, along with Xenoblade, which uh, Jeremy said 
was an awesome game, but I didn't see that one at the library because I think I had the GameStop, the GameStop exclusivity with that still. So, other than that, it's really liked it so far. I've only got five, six hours in, but I really am compelled to want to complete it. Um, and then I know you had um, another game that you wanted to kind of mention as well, Greg. Um, yep. Um, I was actually really happy to find out that last night I was able to download Fire Emblem Awakening for the 3DS. And I've been playing that today, and that is friggin' fantastic. The game is completely gorgeous from what I've seen. The 3D depth is probably some of the best I've seen, especially with some of the combat scenes and being able to battle other uh, characters in the game because it takes it into like a 3D kind of battle field when they take their turn, even though it's like a turn-based battle, but it makes the battle into a 3D environment when they strike each other. And I really want to play the whole game with that 3D depth slider all the way on because the graphics just look really impressive on it. And I'm already like four chapters in or something like that, and I really want to continue that one as well. That's another... RPG game, and I know a lot of the Fire Emblem games, I guess in the past, haven't always made it over to the States right away, but definitely, you guys will definitely want to check this out on February 4th when it comes out, and I'll hopefully have my review up before uh, before the release date for everyone to see. Have you uh, played any other Fire Emblem games? Um, I've only played the Sacred Stones that we got from the Ambassador program. I've Added the Shadow Dragon and Radiant Dawn for DS and Wii, respectively, to like a my wish list kind of thing. If I ever had like extra money open for a game to buy, I would try to get one of those games. But I definitely did get the Sacred Stones. That was my favorite uh, Game Boy Advance Master game that we got, and I actually didn't beat that one. I do want to go back and finish it, but that game was really compelled me. I really I'm a fan of the turn-based combat. I also do like the real-time combat for the last story as well, obviously, too, but the turn base has always had been more special because you get to really plan and strategize your attacks, and, like, it's all based, like, obviously, it's, you take turns, and then it's, you can do everything, plan everything at once, and then go on to the, let the enemy go, and then you get your next turn and whatnot, so. So that's Fire Emblem Awakening. And how it's not out until February fourth, you said, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So lots of good stuff um on the way. Uh, I think IGN actually put up an article recently, uh, I think today about uh, a bunch of upcoming three D S games and how, you know, there's a bunch of interesting stuff coming out. So definitely check that out. There's lots of cool games coming out on the horizon and uh I'm sure we'll all be playing a bunch of different stuff, and we'll have more things to discuss in uh, future episodes as well. Um, but now let's shift gears to some discussion topics. First up, we got some Wii U sales numbers. Um, and basically, the sales show that it says, uh, with more than 460,000 units sold in December, Wii U has now sold nearly 890,000 units in the U.S. Um, after 41 days on the market. Um, so that means they have surpassed the first six weeks of the uh, the Wii U life cycle um, by, in terms of cost. 
Um, but um, let's see. I'm trying to dissect all this. I think what it generally came down to from what I was, I was reading different comparisons with different systems and stuff, it seems like Wii U is doing okay. Um, it's not like crazy popular like, I guess, um, Wii was, which, well, I guess when Wii was crazy popular, it was also kind of hard to find. It was a bit low on stock, so it's also a bit of a different situation. Um, but it's not, it's nowhere near doomed either. It's just, it seems to be doing okay. Um, not bad, I guess, just um, okay at the moment. Um, and uh, in terms of the, let's see, the 3DS has surpassed 7.7 million units sold. Um, Just Dance 3 became the 10th Wii title to sell more than 5 million units. Um, and the DS has passed the 53 million mark for units sold. Um, so New Super Mario Bros. U sold over 580,000 units as well. So it seems um, most of the Wii U owners also picked up New Super Mario Bros. U from that uh, attach rate of more than 65%. Um, so some interesting numbers there. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on, on some of these sales? Anything in particular you think is interesting? I mean, I've heard from other people that there's still not like a must-have game out for the Wii U. So, I mean, I'm not kind of surprised that it's kind of considered like a slower kind of launch. I mean, for me, I really wanted the new Super Mario Brothers U, and then there was, I found in like some hidden gems with the eShop. I've, like, I've gotten like Little Inferno, and I also picked up the Nano Neo Assault, and that was just based on like recommendations, and I really like both of those games. So I'm thinking some people might not be giving some of those games much of a chance. And like you were describing earlier, Zombie U is perfect for those interested in that genre. That's not usually the genre that I play, but I'm still thinking I might still check out the demo and I might actually like the game. So I just haven't really got around to checking it out with all the reviews I've been doing for both Wii U and now the 3S games. But in terms of the sales, I thought they seemed pretty impressive, mostly for the United States at least, because I know, like, I heard there was better than like the PlayStation 3 and the 360, but those were also placed uh, priced a lot higher. So maybe that has something to do with it, maybe not. But I thought the sales weren't like terribly bad or anything, but obviously it could be better. But like I was saying, I don't think there's a number of people that are still waiting for Legend of Zelda or waiting for the 3D Mario games. So then mm-hmm. some, some of those people won't be getting that until the, those games come out. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of games that you know some of the best ones on the Wii right now. Other than you know maybe New Super Mario Brothers, New Nintendo Land, and you know Zombie U, um, some of those other big games have already been out on the other consoles right now. And so there's not really you know some huge game like a Zelda or like a 3D Mario that has really forced people to say, okay, I want to, I have to play this game. And so I'm going to have to buy this console as well. And, um, so I think when, like you said, when that happens, I think we're going to see another big jump in terms of sales of the console itself. But I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem bad to me. And, and when I go in the stores and stuff, at least around me, they're still sold out or almost sold out. And so I don't know, you know, I don't know how stores deal with their supply and everything like that. Maybe they have them in the back. Maybe they're trying to 
you know, make it seem like they're almost sold out all the time so that people will buy them because like, oh, yeah, it's only on the stock or something like that. Um, but unless they're, if, if they're not doing that, then that's what I'm seeing a lot. And so it seems like people, at least around here, are picking them up like crazy. Um, it wasn't until probably just a week or so ago before I actually started seeing them in the stores again, at least the, the deluxe model. I think I saw the, the basic model, you know, maybe a couple of weeks after launch, but the deluxe model was still sold out until a couple of weeks ago um, around me. So it seems like they're doing, you know, all right. I mean, what it's nothing extravagant like the Wii sales, but it doesn't seem too bad to me. Uh, I think they're on, on a good pace. And the economy sucks right now, too, so that you got to take that into account as well. But overall, it doesn't seem like they're doing too bad. Yeah, I agree. I think they do need some sort of, I guess there's, they've got to have that killer title that'll really uh, move the units. But I think I think also, compared to Wii, I think they were prepared this time around and had enough stock. Because I've seen, like, I, I can usually always find a Wii U system at any store I go to, usually a basic. Uh, it's rare to find deluxe. I think only recently I saw one. Um, but what I've noticed, though, is it always changes. Every time I go to the store, sometimes it's like two systems, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's three again. So it's it seems like they're constantly getting stock. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that has also kind of changed people's perception because they're all expecting to see nothing because it's all sold out, which in reality they're kind of replenishing that, that stock consistently. Um, uh, so there's definitely that to kind of consider. Um but yeah, I'm sure now 2013, I'm sure is going to be a big year for Wii U, um, especially with the next Xbox and PlayStation coming out this year. I think Iwata recently mentioned in an interview that this has got to be the year for software for Wii U. And um, so, you know, I'm sure they're, they'll hopefully deliver on that stuff and we'll hear more on that soon. Looking forward to that. Um, speaking of software and, and Iwata delivering the news, um, we had a uh, surprise little, well, it wasn't necessarily a surprise announcement, but I think the, the magnitude of it was a bit of a surprise. We had known for a while there was going to be a Pokemon announcement coming up, um, and it finally happened, but it was interesting in that it was in a special Pokemon Direct from Iwata, um, and it was kind of a big deal, some of the stuff they announced, um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, so for those who don't know, the six generation Pokemon games, um, Pokemon X and Pokemon Y were announced for 3DS. Um, and the, the biggest differences, the two biggest things, I guess, that I would say that made this pretty big news is one, for the first time ever, the games are going to be in 3D. Um, so no more sprites like before. Uh, everything's in 3D. The whole game world, the battles, everything is 3D. Um, so that's the biggest change, and that's something that's a huge change for the Pokemon series. Um, and then another change, which is big for the Pokemon series, but also to me very interesting in terms of what it could possibly mean in the future, is that every time you know a new game comes out, Japan gets it, and then we got to wait a few months. Um, and recently, they've kind of shortened that gap, but it takes time to localize these games, you know. But for the first time ever, these Pokemon games are releasing worldwide in October. Um, of this year. So that's no waiting anymore. Um, we're getting at the same time as Japan, which is pretty big. 
uh, not just for Pokemon, but for me, that kind of makes me wonder if that's something they're going to really be targeting, you know, with other games in the future. Because, like, for example, with the 3DS, Japan's always kind of been big on, like, they have a killer lineup of games in Japan on 3DS. Like, there's a ton of stuff coming out there. But, like, a bunch of it is also geared towards the Japanese market. But I think they know that they need to push a bit stronger in the West, so maybe they'll try and, you know, push forth some localization efforts even more and release games even sooner. Um, so that's something to kind of consider. Um, but I don't know, what do you guys think of this Pokemon X and Y news and, and the whole worldwide release and everything? Well, and one more thing. This is the first time they're not named after a color. Oh, yeah. That might not be significant at all. It probably isn't, but <laughs> I don't know. True. I mean, I'm not a huge Pokemon fan, but it does sound like, I mean, some of the, like, the characters that they've already released, like those legendary Pokemon and also the, even some of the starter ones that they revealed, I mean, they are looking pretty cool already. I mean, I mean, I might actually see if I can get a, re- a review copy to see if I can actually see what a Pokemon game is like, but other than that, I don't really know a whole lot about it, and obviously we just found out there's, they're not using colors anymore, and it's also nice that they're localizing it all for a simultaneous release. I mean, that would be perfect and ideal if they could do other games like Smash Brothers and like that to all have them out like on almost around the same day or within a few days and not these sporadic releases. Like, we're getting Fire Emblem in two weeks when Japan's had it since, like, last May or June or whenever that was. So it'd be nice if they can get the localization down on other series as well. So that might be a nice experiment for them to go through with Pokemon as that's one of their biggest worldwide titles right now. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I've only slightly been into Pokemon here and there. I mean, I, I got Blue originally and and uh, was really into Soul Silver as well. But that's really the only two games I've really played through. Um, but something like this, I think changing it up a lot and we'll get me back into it again. And uh, I'm excited about it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I've also, I mean, I've been big on Pokemon from the beginning. I've gotten a bunch of the different games. Um, but lately, I've kind of gotten bored. Like, I didn't get Black 2 or White 2. It's just kind of the same thing over and over. So I think this is a interesting, fresh new take on things. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. Um, and I think also the 3DS has kind of, um, I mean, it has a bunch of good games. Uh, I mean, it has a Mario, it has Mario Kart, it has, you know, a bunch of different things. Um, but I think the biggest sellers in terms of, you know, at least the DS and, and you know, before that, the, one, some of the biggest sellers were Pokemon games. Like, those sold a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Animal Crossing was another big one. That's not out yet, though. But, you know, so there's a couple other ones. But I think this will especially help because when black two and white two came out, that was still no excuse for people to upgrade from a DS to a 3DS. So there's still plenty of people that haven't upgraded because they were DS games. But now that these games are coming to 3DS, now it's going to be a big incentive for people to upgrade. So I think this is going to be a big game that will push 3DS sales as well. Um, yeah. So that would be a really interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, also some of the new Pokemon are pretty cool. If anyone, wanted to know the new starters. The fire starter is Fennekin, the grass starter is Chespin, and the water starter is Froakie. And then the legendaries are Xerneas and Eveltal. Um, so interesting names, and uh, they look pretty cool. 
Um, so you can check out the trailer and all the details on NintendoFuse.com. Um, check all of that out. So that is Pokemon X and Y coming worldwide this October, and I am excited. Um, all right, and then the last discussion topic before we get into kind of our best of 2012 um, segment is something that was, it's been rumored for a while, kind of leaked out, so we had a bit of a hint of it, but finally today it was sort of officially announced, and um, it is Disney Infinity. So this is a very interesting thing. Uh, I don't really know what to describe it as completely yet, but it's sort of, it's very similar to Skylanders in that you buy these collectible Disney figurines, whether it's Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean or Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles or uh, I think um, Sully from Monsters, Inc. You have different figures that you can buy, and just like Skylanders, you put them on this little base and they appear in the game. Um, but Disney Infinity, it's a bit more than that. It's more like Skylanders meets Little Big Planet in a way, where you can sort of design your own levels and share them and um, do various things with it. It's more of a it's kind of a, a whole new platform, I guess, as Disney calls it. They say that Disney Infinity is not a single game, meaning um, you'll be able to buy this starter pack um, and you can then buy other play sets and different power discs and various things like that um, to kind of expand your gameplay. Um, but it's... I, I really don't even know what the game is. There, there's some sort of game modes, but there's also a virtual toy box mode where you can basically create your own world and just do a bunch of different things, like whatever you want. So I don't really know what the game necessarily is, but it's just a very interactive, you know, world that you can kind of play around with with the various Disney characters, and it's coming out in June. Um, there's initially going to be 40 interactive pieces and 17 characters to collect, and they will release more over time. The starter pack is going to be $75, and other play sets are going to be $35. Three packs of figures are... $30 individual figures for $13 and power disc packs for $5. And the power disc packs are going to be um, blind packs, by the way, meaning you're not going to know which ones you get in those. It's going to be kind of random there. Um, so they're definitely uh, cashing in on the whole Skylanders craze there and trying to get people's money out of that. But uh, it's an interesting concept. Uh, what do you guys think about Disney Infinity? Um, after I, I didn't realize how big the the Skylanders thing was until I really started looking into it a little more. And I mean, they've really it's it's a huge cash in um, for them. And I think Nintendo has just seen that. And they initially they probably thought, okay, we got to do something um, and and you know develop something that's similar to this. And um, I think you know they probably they, they saw a lot of excitement for that. I think the, what's it called the Disney Universe or whatever game that they put out about a year or so ago. Um, it was kind of like, you know, you put in your own costumes and you walk through all these Disney worlds that were kind of connected in some way. And it seems like it kind of meld those two things together. The excitement that people got with all the Disney Universe of, of, you know, different movies and stuff like that put together in one world. But this whole idea about a completely kind of a cross-platform world by bringing, you know, these collectibles and, and figurines into the, the the virtual world and kind of put those together. And that's what it seems like to me. Um, and the way I'm, I'm kind of excited about it, um, 
think it's going to be really, really exciting for kids. Um, adults might not get that excited about it, um, but I think uh, I think kids will definitely be. I mean, it's obvious that the kids are excited about Disney in general and Disney movies and stuff like that. And so I think this, if, if it's done well, which it looks like it should be, um, it should be a pretty good endeavor for them. Um, I'm excited to see how it goes. It does seem kind of like it's it's taken the idea of Skylanders, but kind of pushed it to the next level um, in terms of you know what it could be. So, and I think it's going to be good for in, in general because there wasn't really any competition for Skylanders in terms of that kind of a type of a game. Um, not that these are exactly similar, but I think it's a similar a similar concept, and I think um, competition is only going to make both of those better, or anybody else that decides to jump in the running as well. It's gonna make uh, it's gonna make the games better in the long run, so that's exciting too. That's the only thing I have really to add to it. I mean, I know I am a Disney fanatic, but I'm also probably not gonna be investing in this game because it seems like it is more geared towards younger children. So then, when the day comes when I do have children of my own, then I would more likely be inclined to pick something like this up. I mean. It does seem like it's a lot like Skylanders having to buy all these separate parts and continuously going after stuff like that. And there's going to be like rare ones you're going to want, and then they're going to be harder to get and only on like eBay for like three times their normal price at least. <laughs> but the other thing I was kind of interested to see, they'll actually use that NFC uh, compatibility on the Wii U controller because it is announced for Wii U. So mm-hmm. that would be interesting to see how they're going to integrate their stuff with the Wii U gamepad. You know, I bet they don't even use it. Like, I, I, I hate to say it, but the the fact that, I don't know if, you, if you've seen the actual, like, um, I don't know what they even call it, the platform thing that they put the characters and everything on. Um, for Skylanders, it seems like pretty obvious, you know, other than the look of it and everything, it's kind of cool. Um, you could just use the Wii gamepad the Wii U gamepad because it's just one thing, but it seems like on the on the Disney Infinity one, you could put multiple characters up there at once, and I don't know if they could actually pull that off on the gamepad or not. So even though it has an FC built in, I bet they're probably still going to release a separate platform for it just because it needs the multiple, you know, uh, pads and everything to, to put like four or five characters at the same time. Yeah, I think I read somewhere it uses that separate thing. It's not going to use the stuff on the gamepad, um, which is a shame. Um, yeah. But I think that would, that would have been interesting, but I guess... Um, see, I, I did also read something, though, about like cross-platform play, so I don't know if that has something to do with it, where maybe you could use the same base with, you know, like the Wii U version and 3DS or something like that, or um, so maybe that's why. I, I'm not too sure on some of the specifics there. Um but yeah, um, and um, I don't know. I guess uh, I do think it's good to have sort of competition in that category as well. Um, like Steve was saying, um, it, that actually, when you were talking about that, that made me start imagining like a Smash Bros. because they have the little trophies of characters. So imagine trying to collect those. Like I almost don't want to envision this because I know I'm going to be disappointed when it doesn't happen. <laughs> but that'd be so awesome. Um, or I know that my entire house will start to be filled with actual figurines because I will <laughs> want to do those. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I would hunt down every last one of those, definitely. Um, but, 
No, I mean, I think it's an interesting concept. I don't know if I'm going to invest in it. It just seems like it would be a lot to invest in because um, it seems pretty expensive. Um, I'm not opposed to the idea of the way they're doing it um, because, in a way, it's it's basically like the figures that you collect are like DLC, except instead of downloading something, you actually have a collectible figure with it too. So that's kind of mm-hmm. neat in a way. Um, but it's just expensive, though. So I, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to be willing to kind of – invest in that whole thing. Um, but I do like that it's coming to um, all gaming platforms <laughs> except Vita. Um, but, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, I guess it, it's not, I can't say that for sure yet. They, they said it's coming to all platforms. But then a slide that they showed in their presentation showed temporary box art for every system except Vita. Showed 360 PS3, Wii, Wii U, and 3DS. So it's coming to Wii also. Um, but, so maybe they will, but I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, it'll be definitely be interesting. I think I'm curious to see kind of where they go with it because I think it's it's something that they can obviously expand upon as you know new movies and things are released. Like I think Wreck-It Ralph characters are in the game too, and that's something recent. So as more that's stuff comes funny. out, they can they can release more stuff. I mean, it's just like an obvious. I can see this thing going crazy over kids. Like imagine a new movie. You know, a new Disney movie comes out. You have these new characters that go with the game. And, and now Disney owns Star Wars and stuff. Like, imagine Star Wars characters in there, too. And, um, you know, that would just be crazy. And, um, wait, Disney Disney owns Marvel now, too, right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like, now, now I'm starting to get excited even thinking about these possibilities. Like, imagine, like, Darth Vader and, like, Spider-Man and Buzz Lightyear, like, all in the same game or something like that. <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy. Um, so if that happens, then maybe I'll try and invest in the game. We'll see. Make it happen, Disney. Um, but I think it's an interesting concept. And that's June is when it will release. So I'm looking forward to kind of hearing more about it. Um, yeah, so that's it for the discussion topic. So now uh, I wanted to do a brief kind of look back at 2012 for kind of our top games of the year. Um, so we kind of separated out by category of, of handhelds and then consoles. So we'll kind of each go through each of our picks for the handhelds, and then we'll go back through each of us for the, for the consoles. So for handhelds, DS and 3DS, um, I guess I'll start with my, my top five. Um, this was a little bit difficult, I feel like, I guess for me, um, with 3DS and DS. Well, I have no picks for DS. I really didn't play anything DS-related. Um, with the 3DS, I had a couple of things um, that, uh, you know, there's a couple of games that I really liked and then other games that I thought were okay, and I kind of had to include that on my list to make it a full five. Um, but uh, so in fifth place, I'd have to say The Aphorism Final Fantasy. Um, it's an it's a fun game. It's very interesting. I, I like rhythm games. Um, and some of the music in the game is pretty cool. Um I just, I guess, I haven't really delved too much into it. It's, it's not too. Hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Like some of the gameplay mechanics with the whole leveling up and that kind of thing weren't as engaging and in depth as I thought they would be, or at least I haven't figured it out if they are. Um, so it was a bit disappointing in that regard, but um, it's, it was still a decent game. Um, so I'll put that at number five. Number four for me was New Super Mario Bros. Two. Um, 
I have not played too much of it, um, but what I have played has been pretty interesting. Um, I wasn't too excited for it at first, but I ended up liking it a bit more than I thought I would. Just trying to collect all the different gold coins and stuff was, was pretty fun. Um, number three, I'd have to put Resident Evil Revelations. Um, I haven't really played any Resident Evil games aside from Darkside Chronicles and Umbrella Chronicles on the Wii, um, so those are pretty different. But uh, this one was pretty fun. You know, I played it with the, the Circle Pad Pro, um, and it was it was pretty interesting. Um, I haven't, you know, beaten the game or anything, but uh, but what I have played has been pretty interesting. It's pretty good graphics for you know 3DS and everything. Um, and yeah, it's definitely definitely pretty um, pretty cool game for 3DS. Number two, I'd have to put as Kid Icarus Uprising. Um, it's that game is packed with content. Uh, it's got so much stuff. Uh, so that's been pretty sweet. There's lots of stuff to do. Um, it's really fun. The voice acting is great. Um, I like collecting the different cards for the game, although it was really hard to collect them because they really didn't release them anywhere besides the special events. So that's one thing I was kind of disappointed about. Um, but it was cool that they kind of, you know, had that aspect of the game. My only disappointment, I guess, would be the controls for kind of the land battles were not as uh, fluid, I guess, as I would have liked. Um, but, like, the sky battles and just everything else in the game were, were a lot of fun. Um, so definitely great. And then my number one choice for the handhelds this in, in 2012 is uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star. Um, I haven't beat the game yet, but what I have played has been just awesome. Um, much better than I was expecting. Um, and, uh, I just love collecting all the different stickers. I love, um, just the, the 3D looks awesome in this game. Um, the series is kind of perfect for that. And it's just, it's just really cool to kind of explore around and, and kind of play the game. And, um, like I said, collect the stickers. It's very addicting. Um, and it just, yeah, it feels great. Definitely a really cool game. Um, so that's my top five for 2012 for uh, 3DS. Uh, nothing for DS for me. Um, so what about you, Steve? What are your top five handheld games? <laughs> so I also had a really tough time, uh, and not necessarily because there wasn't any great games, um, but I feel like I just didn't play a whole lot of new games um, this year. Um I'm not really sure why exactly. I think I didn't. We didn't get the number of you know review copies, or you know I just didn't have the time, or the money to go out and buy them, or what. But uh, so it was actually kind of tough for me to come up with a list of five. Um, and um, but anyhow, um, my number five game is is one that I've only played just a little bit of. And it barely made the five just because I needed to come up with another game. So I'm not, like, super impressed with it, but it's fun. Um, and that's Epic Mickey Power of Illusion. Um, it's a fun game. Um, I didn't play the old uh, Castle of Illusion game for, I think it was the Genesis or whatever. So um, I don't really have a, a connecting point with that. But I have I have played both the, uh, the other Epic Mickey games for the consoles. And um, it's fun. And it's... Uh, I think it's definitely more geared toward kids than even the other Big Mickey games are. Um, so it wasn't entirely engaging for me, but it was cool to have a different uh, look on the Epic Mickey franchise. And it's a, it's a pretty solid uh, side-scrolling platformer. So that's kind of cool. 
Um, number four, uh, with digital, is a, uh, a fractured soul. Um, and it's a pretty solid game. It's really, really challenging. Um, but it's available on the, the eShop. And um, it's, I think I've talked about it on previous podcasts and reviewed it and everything, but um, the dual screen, you know, side scroller, shooter, platformer. Um, and it's just, it's really solid. Uh, it's got a little bit of issues with the background, not sure, you know, what's a platform you can actually jump on and what's in the background. Um, but other than that, it's, it's really solid and, and very challenging, which I which I enjoyed because I think a lot of games these days aren't as challenging. So that was very cool. Um, number three is Scribblenauts Unlimited. Um, I'm a huge Scribblenauts fan. Um, I love the original. Played a lot of it on uh, iOS as well. And Scribblenauts Unlimited just kind of just takes it way to the next level in terms of what's available. You can you know, add tons of different adjectives and create your own items and stuff. So if you can't, for whatever reason, that there's not the thing you're looking for, you can actually make it in the game and um, share it with friends, and that's really cool. So Scribblenauts Unlimited is excellent. Um, number two is Mutant Muds. I uh, went to another eShop game, um, and I it's, it's just it's a great game. Again, very challenging, which is you know, sometimes hard to find today. And uh, the way he just uses the, the foreground and the background, you're jumping between planes and just the graphics and just, uh, just the entire game is is really excellent and very well polished and uh, highly recommend Mutant Muds. My number one uh, was New Super Mario Bros. 2. Um, it is actually probably uh, my favorite of the New Super Mario Bros. series. You know, we were talking about that earlier um, in the podcast where kind of going back and forth and everything about that, but New Super Mario Bros. 2 for, for the 3DS is actually uh, my favorite one. Um, I think it's a, a really good level of difficulty, uh, the level design, um, just the, the newer concepts of, you know, collecting all these coins and the the coin rush mode and, and you know, all the stuff, different stuff, uh, you know, tied in. Um, I'm a I'm a big platform fan, so definitely uh, new Super Mario new Super Mario Brothers two did it for me on 3ds. Cool. Yeah, definitely um, a lot of interesting titles that also I guess were local downloadable releases as well. Um, so it's always nice to finally see that sort of Nintendo sort of step up a bit with with getting more downloadable games on their systems from, from different developers and stuff. Yeah, I think um, if I had played, you know, Kid Icarus or, you know, Resident Evil or Paper Mario, I think maybe those, those games would have risen, you know, to the top of my list. Um, but I hadn't I hadn't played them other than a couple of demos here and there. Um, so because of that, you know, I did Mutant Muds, I think would have still been on the list, even if I had played those other games that you had on there. Because it's, it's such a great game, so, right. which is great to see some really quality uh, digital titles. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, what about you, Greg? Well, continuing with the digital theme, my number five, I picked Crash Mall. I'm a big fan of, of kind of those puzzle games. I really enjoyed the Pushmo one I gave. I did have that one as well, and that was a really good game, but that was also 2011, so I was really happy to see Crash Mall get the uh, 
sequel, and I really liked how they changed around the gameplay. The puzzles are a lot more dynamic that you can push and pull, like, series of blocks and not just, like, one, like, pulling it out towards you or pulling it in. Like, you can move it right, left, up, down. I mean, you have to plan all of your moves pretty much right when it starts, and if you make a mistake, you just have to reset it. Um, going into number four, I picked a new Super Mario Brothers 2. I know I said that wasn't one of my favorite ones, but I guess that it was also one of the ones that beat out a number of other games that I've played this year. I did. I do like the Mario games a lot. I usually get just about all the platforming ones, at least. And this one was, without a doubt, another fun one to play. I mean, as Steve was saying, the difficulty is pretty solid throughout, and having the coin, collecting a million coins was certainly interesting. But one of the things I wanted to expand upon is I really liked the DLC for it. I was surprised that they had like a classic pack that really made it get some extra value to it because I really loved like, seeing those courses from the very original Mario games and the regular Nintendo from uh, Mario 1 and Mario 3. Yeah, that was fun. As for uh, number three, I also picked Mutant Muds. I was a big platformer fan and Renegade Kid, I thought, did a really good job putting this game together. It's perfect like, uh, difficulty and they added those 20, 23 bonus levels and then now uh, the Wii U will be getting a version with some new levels of it, and I'm really excited for that as well. I'm a big fan of, like I was saying, like the platforming and like the enemy placement is just like perfect, and you have to be careful that it could be an enemy on the platform you're about to land on. I thought that was a really cool element, and you always have to be careful where you jump. And for number two, I picked Kingdom Hearts 3D, Drop Cream Distance. Um, this is one of my more recent pickups, and it's an RPG, and actually my first Kingdom Hearts game, which, like Fire Emblem, I would like to get the older games in the series, but it's really interesting how you control one character in like one like a specific world, and then after a couple minutes, it changes you to a secondary character in like a second dimension of, like a, of that same world, so it's kind of interesting switching back and forth between characters trying to find some more goals and finding characters that they interact with and everything. I, that's hmm. also a game that includes, like, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, so that's why another reason why I would get that kind of game because it has Disney characters in it. I don't think and, I knew that you did the whole dimension thing because all I played was the, the demo, and I don't think you do that in the demo. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah I was originally not super impressed with the demo, but I didn't complete it right off the game overall. I waited until I got, got a really good sale for it, and I almost wish I paid full price for it sooner because it's a really fun game. And as for my number one, I did pick Ridiculous Uprising. That I've logged over 80 hours this year in that game alone, just wow. between the story and multiplayer, and it's just been one of my top favorite games for the 3DS, and I would recommend it to anybody that really loves those kind of first-person shooter, almost kind of feel to it, but even though it's not really a shooter. But the multiplayer is really addictive to still play online. I logged in not too long ago to play some online matches. And I really like the humorous dialogue that we didn't really cover when Huston <laughs> um, was talking about earlier. But I really thought the dialogue was perfect and really humorous. And I like the ties to the older games in the series. I did like the original Nintendo one as well. So I was really happy to see it get a new game. Especially on the 3DS. 
Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it definitely was cheesy, but it was still entertaining. Like, it made me, like, genuinely laugh at some parts. But, yeah, the dialogue. So, so definitely, yeah, pretty cool. Um, so that, those are our top picks for the handhelds. Um, and I don't believe I saw any DS games at all from any of us. So DS is pretty much over with. There's really not much there um, going on. Yeah, I think the only DS games that I actually played last year are review copies of games that I really didn't want to play. But I didn't <laughs> <have> to. <laughs> right. and um, the only DS games I played were games that came out long before <laughs> the 3DS. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of the some of my most played games were were also games from before. Like I think uh, I think one of my most played games probably for 3ds is Mario Kart 7, but you know that came out before that. Right. I guess. Um, and I'm sure like Pokemon Black and White 2 was really good, but like you said, I mean it's just it's the same game pretty much, and so there was no real desire to go out there and, and you know get it or whatever. So, but I'm sure it's a great game. But yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so now let's shift gears to our top console games of 2012. And I do want to give a quick little shout-out to Ross in the chat room. He's been in the, uh, the chat room. He mentioned earlier that The Last Story for Wii was one of his favorites from, from 2012. Uh, and we will see if that makes any of our lists in just a second. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, shout-out to Ross. So thank you for joining us, Ross. And um, so let's get into our picks for... Um, Wii U and Wii, so the console games of 2012. So for me, my number five pick was rather difficult. I only, <laughs> I basically have four Wii U games, um, that's including retail and downloadable, I guess. Um, the rest are like demos and things. So my top four are all Wii U games. My fifth title is a Wii game, and I was kind of struggling with this. Hmm. I had sort of two picks here. Um, there's Mario Party 9 which I decided to not pick because I was rather disappointed with that game. So my, my pick for number five is it's actually a GameCube game, but it was re-released on Wii with Wii Control, so I'm counting it as a Wii game. That's uh, so yeah. you play Control, Pikmin 2, um, because that, that's been a really fun game, and I think the Wii Control has definitely had a lot to, to that game. Um, so I definitely like that. Um, so that's my number five pick. So now my top four are all Wii U titles. So at number four, um, I'd have to say uh, New Super Mario Bros. U. Um, not that I don't like it. It's just, I mean, there's a bunch of good games, I guess. And I, I haven't put in as much time into this game as I have with some of the others. Um, but it's definitely fun. Um, I think the New Super Mario Bros. series, at least with Wii and Wii U, those games kind of, they're, they're kind of fun for me, but, like, it really shines with multiplayer. And I got to do that with New Super Mario Bros. Wii. I haven't really gotten to do that with this one yet. So I'm looking forward to trying that out eventually, uh, multiplayer. And I'm sure that's when I'll really kind of enjoy that. Um, the number three pick is uh, Nano Assault Neo. Um, so the only reason I got it was, I mean, I was kind of interested in it. I thought it was cool. But I think the whole the aspect of, you know, all of us on the, uh, the forums and stuff where everybody's getting it and competing, and I thought that would be kind of fun to join in on that. Um, and it wasn't too expensive at all either, and um, it looks great. It has off-TV play, you know, a bunch of things that I enjoy. Um, and um, I do want to state that at this point in time, in Epsilon, I do believe I have the high score for Nintendo Fuse right now. So just saying, if anybody wants to uh, try and challenge that, go yeah. for it. 
<laughs> but it's uh, I, I still have to try and beat the high scores. Yeah, the, the higher level. Rather difficult. Uh, I'm, I'm still pretty much on top, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, those are rather. It's, it's so weird. Like I, I have no problem. I'm like I think clearly the highest on the top two levels, but I can't I can't get any higher than what I scored already on the lowest level. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, it's definitely definitely gets very addicting trying to trying to beat the scores and stuff. Um, and it looks great, you know, graphically and everything too. Um, it's just it's a lot of fun. So Nano Sol Neo is my number three, and my top two I was debating in which order to kind of put them. Uh, but in the end, I came down to uh, number two as Nintendo Land. Um, and I really like Nintendo Land. Um, the single-player games are more in-depth and more fun than I thought they would be, and the multiplayer games are a ton of fun as well. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just really cool um, using the gamepad for, for a bunch of these games. I think um, the game truly shines with multiplayer, um, which I haven't gotten to do a ton of. I've gotten to do a decent amount, though. Um, but the single-player stuff is also pretty fun, uh, especially, I guess, the games that you can do single or multiplayer, like the, the Metroid game, uh, the I think the Pikmin game. Those are pretty cool, too. Um, I like kind of using the gamepad to control Samus' ship and everything. Um, mm-hmm. That's a ton of fun. Um, but my number one pick for Wii U would have to be Assassin's Creed 3. Um because it's on its own. It's a solid title um, with, you know, good story, gameplay, uh, graphics, everything. Um, great game, great series. Um, and I think the, the use of the gamepad definitely made it even better. Um, so I think uh, I was glad to finally be able to purchase an Assassin's Creed game on a Nintendo system. So that was awesome, and I just love having off-TV play and, and all that stuff as well. Um, so I think Assassin's Creed 3 is my number one choice for 2012 for consoles. All right, so what about you, Steve? Well, mine looks oddly similar, actually. <laughs> um, and in <laughs> fact, the only thing we didn't agree on was our number five. Um, and <laughs> if I had played... Uh, new Pikmin Control, uh, or New Play Control Pikmin 2, it probably would have been my number five, but I actually haven't played it yet. Um, so I, I couldn't, I didn't feel confident in putting it there because I wanted to make sure it was actually the games I played. Um, but if I had, it really would have been exactly the same as yours and <laughs> for pretty much the exact same reasons. Um, so number five, I did put uh, all my games are, are Wii U games. Because um, I really just I I hardly played the Wii at all this year. Um, in fact, I, I think the only time I ever powered it up was for games that I had you know had for a while, like you know groups come over, different things like that. They want to play Just Dance or something, and, and that's pretty much you know what it was used for. Occasionally, you know Mario Kart Wii or something. But um, so all Wii U games uh, number five as Tekken Tag Tournament to Wii Edition. Um, for fighting games, this is excellent. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, and my review is up, so I won't belabor it too much, but it's a really fun game. looks beautiful, um, even on the gamepad. It just it just looks really, really good. And um, if you're if you're a fighting fan, it's uh, it's definitely something to look into. the uh, the online's really smooth and hardly had any hiccups or anything like that. It's usually pretty quick to find someone to play against. and um, yeah, it's it's pretty solid. 
actually in the, the other Wii stuff that they or the Nintendo style stuff that they brought into the game um is is kind of cool as well. So, um and uh let's see. Yeah, number 4 um just like you is New Super Mario Bros. U. Um a great game, but not my favorite of of the New Super Mario Bros. games. Mainly what we've talked about before, it's there's nothing uh, incredibly new to this game. It's it's the same New Super Mario Brothers that's not so new anymore. Um, but it's fun. But it's it's definitely a quality title, but not up there to number one. Um, number three, Nano Assault Neo. Nano Assault Neo. Um, basically, you've talked about it already. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast. So I'll just move on to number two, which is also Nintendo Land, um, for pretty much the same reasons you said as well. Um, a lot of fun, both single and multiplayer and really kind of does show off a lot of the Wii U um, features, and it's a lot of fun. Like, I could probably play that Ghost game, the Luigi's Mansion game, by like, all night long. It's so much fun. Um, and then uh, my number one, also, is Assassin's Creed uh, 3. Um, just really, uh, really a solid game. I have not even played, you know, tons of hours as much as you have. Uh, but I, I already know that it's it's a game that I'm going to really enjoy. And... Um, of everything that I talked about earlier in the podcast. That's that's why it's my number one. So. Cool. All right. What about you, Greg? What are your uh, top five for consoles? First, I just wanted to have my uh, honorable mention that I really wanted to put in the list, which was the Final Assault Neo, but I've enjoyed that a lot more based on the recommendation and being able to compete with you guys. But other than that, it was obviously a good great game, as you guys described, but Number five, I picked this uh, La Molena. That was a game that came out on the WiiWare earlier in the year. I really loved the, those 2D kind of side-scrollers with the adventure and stuff. It, I had a lot of fun playing that. I mean, it was pretty challenging. I mean, you really have to save it, or, or you'll be doing a lot more uh, rework. And it's just like if you were playing on the regular Nintendo. You, if you die, you lose all your progress, and you have to go back to where your last save was. So I really like kind of those challenge kind of games. Um, it's kind of like um, more a Metroid-style kind of game, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty... It's almost like a Metroid slash, like, a, what was the other game I was, always wanted to compare it to? I guess I just can't even think of it off the top of my head, but Metroid is definitely pretty close to kind of how it plays. It's like a like Super Metroid and the original Metroid kind of thing where you don't really know exactly where you're going, but you can, there's, like, maps and stuff you can find, and bosses and all sorts of portals and stuff to go through. It was, I thought it was a pretty, really great game for WiiWare. And I just found out today, I guess it's going on Steam. So if you don't have, or don't want to get on Wii or WiiWare, you can always pick it up there. Let's see, number four, I picked this last story. As I was describing earlier, I really love the game. Even though I've only played four or five hours of it, I can't seem to stop thinking about it and wanted to play more of it. So... I really thought that was probably the best Wii game of the year, and I definitely am looking forward to playing it further. I won't get into any more details that I pretty much covered it when I talked about playing it earlier. For number three, I picked Assassin's Creed 3. The reason it's number three is I really haven't had a whole lot of time to really sit down and play it. I've been doing a lot of review games and everything, but what I have played, it's been very enjoyable, and look forward to trying out multiplayer with you guys, and also doing all the quests and side quests and everything that 
you guys were talking about. That's true. I just realized I've not even played the multiplayer on that yet, so that's yeah, even more reason to like it. I, I'm it's stuff that I haven't even got to try yet. <laughs> I tried. I just couldn't find a game, but um, <laughs> the the good thing is you have me versus to organize games, which I haven't just had the time to do that. But yeah. And uh, number two, I picked Nintendo Land. I really thought it been on pretty much what you guys were saying. It really shows off the Wii U, especially with the different ways the controller can be used. I absolutely love that DK's Crash Course. It's one of the most addictive games ever. Um, I also really like the single-player games a lot. I haven't really got a huge chance for the dose of the multiplayer games, and I really hope there's opportunities in the future for me to explore those further. And then, as for my number one, I picked the new Super Mario Brothers 2. I was saying that was my favorite new Super Mario Brothers game. I Originally, when I played it, I didn't really care for the flying squirrel suit, and then I really came addicted to it when I actually had the game. It was a lot more fun just gliding down, and especially in some of the challenges where you have to use it and fly down and collect, like, 10 or 15 one-ups. I mean, it's just really cool. You can just continuously kind of float and bounce off an enemy, and then you're right back in the air gliding again. I really thought that was a interesting touch and not necessarily the same flying tactic that they use in Super Mario Brothers 3 and New Super Mario Brothers 2 and Super Mario World where you just can fly through the whole level. You really have to kind of glide and then he's kind of always on a downward descent unless you land on top of the enemy. So I really liked all the new aspects of the challenge mode I keep talking up and I thought the story obviously there's not really a story to the game but uh, going through the all the interconnected worlds, I thought that was pretty cool as well. And the Nabbit thing was kind of interesting, but it seemed more be more of a speed run oriented and it was kind of fun to catch them every once in a while. So that is our top five list for 2012. Um, so I think our handheld with had a couple of games sort of common in between them. Console, a bunch of different things that were um, pretty common. So you have an idea of some of the uh, the best games out there. So if you have a 3DS or Wii U, you know what to kind of check out. Um, sure. And, it would be uh, safe to say it would be safe to say that I think for for 3DS or handheld, probably together, like the best game is probably. Either New Super Mario Brothers 2 or uh, or Kid Icarus Uprising. It seems to be like the one that's like common on our thread on our thread on our list there. Yeah. And yeah, uh, probably know. it's either probably Assassin's Creed 3. I'd say this is number three for Greg, but number one for both of us. So yeah, that games that you're really gonna enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo Land as well. Yeah. Sure. One game I was surprised with Greg. Um, that you didn't put in there uh, is Black Ops 2. I thought you had enjoyed that game, but is it not as good as I thought it was going to be? Or? Um, I I know I did give it quite a positive review, but I'm also not a huge like first-person shooter, like especially the generic like Call of Duty games. I mean, yes, it is fun. It was, but my major drawback is that you really have to put in the time to really get good at the game. There's people that have been playing the series since the first game it came out and they are very professional at it and I found it hard to improve and when you're playing multiplayer and you're getting last place ten times in a row it makes you <laughs> definitely want to play the game. 
as much. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I mean, single player was a blast. I mean, I liked the little bit of challenge. I did start on normal and not easy because I don't like to usually start on easy when there's an option for normal, for normal at least. But I mean, the game is completely fun and everything. It's just the multiplayer aspect was kind of a downfall for me, as I was saying. I don't, I'm not one to just continue to play if I'm just gonna get last place. Gotcha. When I'm not yep. when I'm not moving up to like fourth or third or second, then it's like I still have to put in even more time to get better at the game. So it, that to me is very frustrating in that regard. So go ahead. All right. So yeah, so definitely um much a good game twenty twelve. Um quick little uh, message from Roth in the chat. He's letting us know that the uh, for the Avengers, Marvel's the Avengers on Wii U, the DLC is now up, um, which includes various characters and costume packs. So if you have that game or are interested in it, there's now DLC available. Yeah, for ranging from $1 to $7. So. Hmm. Interesting. Um, also, a shout-out to Roth for winning the uh, the uh, Swap Note um, drawing contest for Capcom Unity's um, uh, Resident Evil uh, contest that they had. Like he drew this amazing swap note as he does like all the time, and uh, he and he won their contest. So congratulations, Ross. Ciao, Ross. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Ross for hanging out with us at PAX East a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but um. And uh, yeah, so that's it for 2012. Um. I know some of these were a little bit hard to kind of compile this for, but I have a feeling that 2013 is going to be hard to compile a list, top five list, but for different reasons in that I think there's going to be a lot of good games coming. Um, like I already have probably top five lists I could name for games that I want 3DS and Wii U already just at the beginning of the year. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff coming, and I'm excited for it. Um, so... Yeah, that's it for uh, this week's episode. And we'll be back um, in two weeks' time on January 29th, so in two more weeks, Tuesday, January 29th, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, in the meantime, um, check out our forums. Uh, it's nintendofuse.com slash forums. Um, and uh, if you have a Wii U, post your Nintendo Network ID. You know, if you have Nano Salt Neo, you can kind of compete for high scores or you have Assassin's Creed 3, maybe we can all play multiplayer or, you know, whatever the case, uh, join in on the fun there. And um, it'll be cool. So until next time, hope you guys have a good time playing some games in the, uh, the early part of the year with lots more good stuff on the way. So we will be back in two weeks. So see you guys later. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah.